0: Hello everyone and welcome to our very first bite-sized edition of The Network Insider, brought to you by your favorite tech enthusiasts at Cisco. This new series is going to focus on educating our listeners on the different enterprise networking products and software known to make your network more intuitive than ever. On today's very first episode, We'll be talking about Cisco's next-generation location services platform called Cisco DNA Spaces. I'm Joyce, and I'm the product marketing manager for... I'm going to let the major drum roll kind of come in here. I'm the product marketing manager for Cisco DNA Spaces. Joining me at today's episode is Vikas. Vikas heads engineering for DNA Spaces. Vikas... Can you tell us a little about yourself and what you do here?
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Vikas Murthy. I came into Cisco as a part of the July Systems acquisition. Before this, I was CTO for July Systems, part of the July Systems founding team. and Now, inside Cisco, I head the engineering for DNA Spaces.
0: It's great to have you here to share, first of all, your July systems knowledge. I know DNA Spaces really takes the best of our offerings and also with July Systems. So definitely great to have your technical expertise, your passion, your perspective here as part of this podcast. And just to kind of get started, I'm super excited about Cisco DNA Spaces and, you know, kind of the location-based services space in general. Can you tell us a little about what Cisco DNA Spaces is? What is it all about?
1: Sure. DNS Spaces is a cloud-based platform that essentially enables you to get insight into behavior of people and things at locations. And when you say behavior of people and things, you've got people walking in to your physical locations, and this may be your customers, this can be your employees, shoppers, it could be clients, whatever that applies to your business you got people walking into these physical locations and these are physical locations that you invest a lot of money into. Knowing their behavior is extremely important that can actually drive better improvements in the experience and making it better for the individuals as well as improving the overall business. So that's really the core of what DNA Spaces provides, but it also provides that uh, set of tools that once you have this insight, you can actually take action and do things with it.
0: That's fantastic. I think about Amazon um, as one of the first things when I try to think about how much time we spend online. I tend to spend an unhealthy amount of time on Amazon. I don't know about you, but that tends to be me when it, when it's about purchasing products. I spend a lot of time buying things on Amazon. And with that, I imagine Amazon has a great deal of insight about my purchasing behaviors, what I tend to buy, where I tend to browse. Cisco DNA Spaces, I imagine, tries to do the same thing with customers. But in this case, it's not online. It's physically indoor at a physical space. Would you say that DNA Spaces is there to help to remove the blind spot and start enabling insights? Would you think that's kind of like a good comparison to make?
1: There's a few things that play into this. And you know, it all comes together in how we have actually gone about doing this. So the first thing is we are a cloud platform which means the data from large number of locations are coming into our cloud. And that enables us to learn from that data. So we are seeing data today from a massive deployment that we've got. We've got a million access points that send us data real time. That translates to over 3 billion square foot of real estate space. Right? Wow. So, so yeah, so we've got, you know, people who are focused on learning from the data. This is you know, building machine learning algorithms, these algorithms are actually customized by industry and vertical. So it is totally different when you're in a workspace environment versus if you're in a retail environment and so on. Right. So it's customized. And what we're trying to do here is also separate the useful information. So this has been around in the industry. Location technology is not new. You can measure dwell times of people. But if you actually got an average dwell time, which is averaging out your employees and your shopper, that number is useless, right? But if you can use machine learning to categorize these people into you know, employees, into uh, shoppers, and this has to extend to delivery staff, it's, uh, it's maintenance staff, people who don't necessarily are on your payroll. So if you can actually categorize that behavior and get distinct metrics for each, that suddenly becomes way more valuable. And now you can actually compare across locations within your own organization. You can also benchmark yourself against the industry. We get so much data from across the world. We can actually tell you how your industry is doing on these metrics and how do you compare against that. And you can actually use that both relative to your locations in, in your own organization as well as within your industry
0: a lot of things can be done with, with DNA spaces. I don't even know where to begin like in, in terms of the use cases that this would enable, but maybe you can help me understand where to begin with that. What are some example use cases or help give us an idea of how this might look in real life, whether this is retail or workspaces or in a hospital setting. What are some example use cases of this for some of these metrics to really uh, help our line of business uh, users understand um, behavior and then also to drive outcomes? Sure. But
1: yeah, let me start with a few. The most common one is retail, right? The common understanding most people have is like, you know, retail, it's the instant thing Thought goes to like an advertising kind of a thing. That's not really the data is actually more valuable than what you can get by, you know, sort of spamming people, right? So let's take an example, like the metric of knowing how much time people spend and how often they come back that directly corresponds to the revenue that customers make in that particular location. That's essentially an existing established mapping that that exists. So uh, we have had customers tell us that by increasing the time that a user spends by like five minutes, that can directly translate to an X increase in their revenue. So measuring this is extremely important. It's like a KPI, a key performance indicator for for some of these businesses. So that's one example. Uh, Switching tracks to a different example, so DNA spaces goes across industries. You know, if you've got use cases, which is one is measuring, but also being able to act on it. Right. So if you're talking about a workspace environment, knowing how much time your employees spend at office has tremendous benefit. So and knowing that on an inaccurate way, on a consistent way. But there the problem is different. You've got people carrying a laptop and a phone and multiple devices, and you don't want to count devices. You want to count people. So we are able to actually extract useful metrics. And the moment you do that, you've got people in HR interested, people in the building optimization. That's a massive space. And you know, currently the amount of uh, money spent on people, real estate is the next biggest line item in most companies. And that is a thing that they want to optimize.
0: I can see myself as an end user of of all of these use cases too. I think the fantastic thing that I've been hearing as you were just walking through the use cases was the fact that whether it's in a mall setting or a workspace setting, I myself or many of us here on this podcast are recipients of these kinds of experiences. And so it's great to hear you walk us through that. Um, We talked a lot about understanding how we might be able to understand, derive useful metrics about how people interact What about things? Um, What is an example of how we might understand the way um, we call it things interact on physical spaces?
1: Absolutely. That's obviously uh, something that has been uh, happening for a long time. This need exists in different markets. So like, for example, healthcare has been doing this. One thing that we power is uh, with a partner, Stanley, the solution that is essentially tracking babies, right? And this is like a a mission critical item and something that has to work all the time, right? So it's a use case which involves knowing, you know, essentially where exactly the baby is. And that's done by adding a tag on top of the baby that is tracked all the time. But it obviously has a lot of use cases in say manufacturing and other industries where you essentially tag physical assets with, you know, tags. Tags have been around for some time again. What's happening now is essentially that's exploding with newer technologies coming in which enables you to do this at a scale which was not possible before. And that's the whole IoT world that's coming in and Wi-Fi 6 obviously, you know, makes that better, both on the Wi-Fi side, but also on the Cisco APs, they have got multiple radios and some extensible capabilities that lets that sort of happen even more efficiently.
0: How is it that you managed to read my next question? I think you read into uh, into my head or something when you talked about Wi-Fi six because I was just about to lead into that question. But I think um, I think you know you really read my mind there, and, and you know made really helped to connect the dots between the Internet of Things story, really bringing in more devices into um, the management with DNA spaces kind of being that middle platform. So definitely that was. Very insightful so it, to hear.
1: It, Thank you. It, it, it all works together, and that's by intent. It's it's a lot of work that we have put in to make. So the next generation APs that Cisco is launching, they have been built to enable this, and they come with all these capabilities. They've got an the ability to run dynamic containers on the AP which DNA Spaces puts in, that actually can be upgraded independent of the AP. These are all things that have been enabled in our next-gen APs, which enables kind of set of services that was not possible earlier. So They all work together because we work to make it happen that way.
0: And all of us are facing the COVID-19 outbreak. It's a very unprecedented, definitely a novel and uncertain time for us. And all of us have really done a great job just adapting to the situation very well and pivoting. Um, I'd like to just get a little bit of insight into what we are doing to help our customers during COVID-19. What can customers do? How can they take advantage of the benefits of DNA spaces in the context of COVID-19?
1: Sure, these are you know unprecedented times, and uh, being able to understand how people are behaving when they are at location, then you know obviously there are still a lot of businesses that need to operate, need to plan for and deal with this uh, situation. And getting that insight and data real time goes a long way. Being able to measure you know how social distancing is working, we can actually tell from looking at our data across the massive network that we get the data from. We can actually tell which country, which regions, how are they actually fairing with respect to this. But more important, even for a customer, they can actually do things within their own networks. That involves being able to, first of all, measure, being able to actually use that to reach out to people, provide them information, provide them guidance. So there's a lot of things that you can actually do within DNS spaces today, just in the situation we are in. And we've got the whole Cisco site, which talks about all of this. So that's all up there.
0: You know, that kind of just got me thinking about the way we do our own work from home policy And, you know, we use our own wireless infrastructure. We're actually our biggest customers. And it just kind of got me thinking, you know, when we activated, when we all went home to work as part of the social distancing that has to happen. And as we were getting on the calls, I wonder if DNA Spaces was how our leadership team was able to. To understand that maybe it's caused a somewhat of a temporary surge in workers going to Pleasanton office and maybe seeing that and, and, you know, being able to get that insight. Hey, you know, um, we see an inflow of people at other offices and now we have the insight to say, hey. Perhaps our social distancing needs to be more heavily enforced in order to ensure that people are actually effectively staying home. You know, seeing how people adhere to social distancing, really understanding uh, how to location or following a mandatory work from home that every enterprise has to think about implementing. But that was something that entered my mind. No idea if that was off the wall. Um,
1: (laughs) No, no, we, we totally use our own technology. And this is obviously, as I said, both customers and within Cisco, this is being used.
0: Awesome. So we talked a lot about um, our wireless infrastructure. You know, I really hung on to that point about having so many access points across like 3 billion square feet and probably counting, actually, the numbers continue to increase as customers deploy and activate. And that kind of got me thinking, you know, with with all that infrastructure in place and and the square footage that's being covered, you know, for a customer that's got our wireless infrastructure in place, if they want to start digitizing their spaces, what are the steps to get started um, with DNA spaces there?
1: It is actually very easy because it's a cloud platform that is nothing to deploy it's not like you know a heavyweight exercise that you have to get you know it's and go through a complex process you can sign up on dnspaces.siscoda.com you can get a free trial the dnspaces is bundled with access points in a lot of cases you might already have you know some licenses with you we'll help you sort of figure that out we have a team who is on standby you know who's available 24/5 and they can actually work with you to get your network connected and the data flowing into DNA spaces. And we've had customers do this fairly quickly. And, you know, there was a case where a customer actually turned on their DNA spaces service, having the data come up, when the IT person was actually out on a cruise and they did it in like, you know, 45 minutes. So it's very much possible to do this. Yeah, Yeah. you can do this quickly. Typically, of course, most customers with approvals and other things, it takes a little longer, but not very long. You still have several customers do it themselves. We've got a setup guide that walks them through the whole process and they can get up and running and start seeing the value. The value, you know, is first of all, seeing the information and then, obviously being able to act on it, that takes obviously more time as they learn and understand all the capabilities that uh, DNA Spaces provides.
0: And with regards to activation, if our access points and everything are already connected in there on our physical spaces, in order to activate DNA Spaces, do we even have to be there or could that be done remotely from any location?
1: It can be done remotely. You know, we've got many ways that the network can be connected to the cloud and, you know, for sure we can give you a method that will work for a given context. So the other thing to remember is This is not something that you get with the latest, you know, wireless LAN controllers, latest APs. This actually works with your APs that you have deployed today. DNA Spaces works with wireless LAN controllers, which is probably several years old. So we rarely come across a network that we can't support.
0: That's music to ears. (laughs) And um, with regards to um, DNA Spaces, I'd also like to talk a little bit about, we have a a really strong partner app ecosystem strategy going on here with regards to uh, driving vertical specific outcomes, or um, you know, allowing business applications to extend capabilities. Can you talk us a little more about how, with DNA spaces, you can extend capabilities with some of these vertical partner applications?
1: Absolutely. Now that's a key component. We understand that Cisco will never be the company which will deliver all the you know, industry-specific solutions, and partners play an important role. Right. And we have gone to the, like the, the model that we have created here is a model wherein we take the responsibility to get the data reliably from the network, get it at a high quality, and then expose it to partners. So partners don't have to repeat all that work. They don't have to go through you know, approval cycles for each application. So we have a framework where essentially you can turn on a partner application from our app center without requiring any IT, right? So you can actually go into our dashboard. There is an app center which lists all our partner apps. You can review what the app is all about, what value it provides, go through the process to get that app that varies from each partner, and turn that on in a privacy-safe way, in a way that you have more control than you had, and you can actually have it up and running completely seamlessly, no integration required, no, you know, sort of IT required, nothing. So you can actually get it up and running. What this enables us to do is enable not just the traditional players who knew how to deal with Wi-Fi data, but also enterprise partners. A good example is, say, the IBM tri solution, which is like a building management solution. It's a massive product that they have. Traditionally, did not use Wi-Fi data because it's just too hard. But because we're now making higher quality data available to them in an easier fashion, they now can take the data from our system and use it for building insights.
0: It's interesting to hear how uh, you know the Wi-Fi data that we have can be leveraged so much more than just connecting people, but also allowing us to use our Wi-Fi data to derive insights us to act on them, for us to make informed decision-making, for example, like with Traviga, uh making decisions about how our space gets allocated or understanding how it gets used.
1: And it's not just Wi-Fi data, right? So it's, it's a lot more than that. So you've got data flowing in from your cameras. we have got data flowing from your sensors. we have got data flowing from your uh, telepresence devices. So we've got many pieces that actually feed data into DNA spaces. And a partner sitting on top of it gets all of that seamlessly.
0: Yeah, awesome. Eventually, it's going to be not just Wi-Fi, but like you mentioned, more devices kind of joining that, um, joining the analytics, entering kind of like that data size of you know what really happens on your properties. I'm going to bring up this magical word that I think we've been hearing for the last few weeks. Um, it's called open roaming. So as you know, the big news came out just recently that open roaming has joined the WBA as a broader industry standard. And so I would like to know Open Roaming and DNA Spaces, how do the two work together and kind of how would we be able to get started with Open Roaming? If customers wanted to use Open Roaming, how would they get started with that?
1: Sure. Yeah. So Open Roaming was a technology that was created within Cisco. It was available within DNA Spaces as an offering. And we decided in the interest of making that technology an industry standard, we essentially give that to WBA. And now WBA is making that a standard. What DNA Spaces does is it actually gives you an excellent way to get onto open roaming. You know, it's easy, but it also gives you the business justification required for you to actually use that. So, hey, open roaming is great. Why do I need to use open roaming, right? One, of course, you want to give your users a better experience, but you're spending money. Why would you want to spend that money on building up that Wi-Fi infrastructure? Because the data that DNA Spaces gives is valuable. And we've had customers tell us that you know in many different ways that the data that they're actually acquiring from DNS spaces, they've quantified it in dollar terms. And that's really the core of this. So these two solutions work really well together. Basically, having more people connect to your network means better attach, which means gives you a better insight, as well as you've got your loyalty users, which are high-value users, right? Knowing their behavior. Think about it. If you actually went online to their website, looked at something, then walked into the store, knowing that the same user came back to the store is extremely valuable. So that kind of data is very powerful and is valuable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think in order to to stay ahead of the game for any line of business, the ability to get better and better at differentiating who our users are, and providing customized, differentiated experiences that are truly valuable to the right people at the right time is definitely super important. And definitely, it's, it's exciting to see how open roaming can work with DNA spaces to help customers do that. Yeah, so I'd like to uh, thank everybody for listening to our very first episode because that was a lot of energy and knowledge about Cisco DNA Spaces. You know, there's no way I can list just a few interesting things that really caught my eye. In fact, I could probably go and just compile an entire blog post about all the things that we just learned here on this episode about DNA Spaces. But I think just to name a few, the first thing that really interested me me uh, was just the scale at which Cisco DNA spaces can work. When you talked about the billions of square feet, the hundreds of thousands of access points deployed across all this square footage, that really impressed me because it really gave me a sense of the scale at which Cisco DNA spaces is working. The second thing that really interested me was the variety of vertical use cases that Cisco DNA Spaces can really uh, help to drive. I think it really got me thinking, this really helps to take the conversation, not just for the IT people or uh, you know the people who are configuring your networks. And it really helps to bring that discussion over to the line of business user. Like, for example, retail, a store manager or store operations manager will find great use in Cisco DNA spaces. Or for healthcare, that would certainly be your hospital staff or someone who really finds use in understanding, for example, where their equipments are. That line of business aspect really interested me. And so those are a couple of things that I thought were really exciting about Cisco DNA Spaces. And so again, thank you to everyone for tuning in to learn. I hope you learned just as much as I did today. Catch us on SoundCloud and visit us at dnaspaces.cisco.com to get your 90-day free trial. And tune in next time to get back into the network. Hope to see you then.